Welcome to Libya Matters. What you just heard were Selwa's last words ever heard by her family and friends. In that moment, she was celebrating her vote in Benghazi with a seemingly nervous voice as gunshots scatter all around her neighborhood. It's been seven years since the assassination of human rights lawyer and activist Salwa Bogagis, a prominent figure in the Libyan uprising of 2011. In this special season of Libya Matters, in over five episodes, my co-host Marwa Mohammed and I, Ilham Saudi, will be reflecting on what that day has meant for civil society in Libya and where we are now. But before we do that, let us go back to that day. Our producer, Tariq Al-Miri, spoke to those closest to Selwa to understand what happened on the day of her assassination. On a Wednesday, during Tay time, the 25th of June 2014, elections were taking place on this day. Armed gunmen entered Selwa's house, shot and killed her, then kidnapped Isam, her husband. A short time before her assassination, Selwa was on live television encouraging people to go vote. I was the last to talk to her after that uh, call. Selwa is strong. She doesn't like to, to show her weakness, but you can see from her voice. It was really... Um, very intense. That was Selwa's older sister, Iman. Selwa and Iman were among the first activists during the 2011 revolution. Iman was even a spokesperson during the revolution's early days. Here she is explaining the situation in Benghazi in 2014 as she lived it. On those days, every day we couldn't sleep. Selwa was, was outside of Benghazi for three months. She met my brother in Tripoli, and he was convincing her not to come to Benghazi. There was also an assassination attempt to her son. He was driving her car, and it was just a miracle that they didn't kill him. The situation was so fragile that many people felt afraid. In the year 2014 alone, Human Rights Watch stated that they registered 250 assassinations in Derna and Benghazi alone. The campaign targeted army officers, activists, journalists, and many others in the streets during their daily travels, doing chores, and even on their way to and from mosques. Uh, also, at that time, we had the bodyguards because of what participated in, uh, the, revolu- in the revolution. Uh, it was so serious. What sort of the step-by-step process to you ending up feeling Uh, insecure and wanting uh, to have someone to protect you when you go in and go out? First, there were a lot of assassinations at that time. And the assassinations were um, associated with people who were in the intelligence, interior section or whatever, who were torturing Islamists and non-Islamists. It's not only Islamists. Uh, But it was uh, every day, every day there were assassinations. And it was systematic. You know, some days it was six, five, 
assassinations every day. So this was the atmosphere in Benghazi. Despite all of that, Selwa came back to Benghazi. She, she arrived the day before her assassination at 11 o'clock in the evening. On the day of Libya's parliamentary elections for the House of Representatives, the 25th of June 2014, Iman managed to go cast her vote early in the day. And then I went home. At the time, Iman moved to a new house. A close friend of hers, along with her husband and daughter, came to spend the day. Salwa went to cast her vote. She went first with the bodyguards. And then from there, she went to her uh, husband's family house. Part of Selwa's plan for the day was to go pay her condolences for Isam's aunt who passed away. Before heading there, her and Isam decided to go home for one last time. She decided to go to change and come the back. The bodyguards did not know about this trip, so they were left behind at Isam's parents' house. She didn't call them. When they went home, the fighting intensified. Selwa and Isam decided to stay there for safety. And then we were talking, I was talking with the Salwa and with my brother in the States on Skype. At that time, she told me that I'm waiting for Isam. Isam went out. There's fighting and commotion outside the house. Isam reportedly went to have a look. To talk to them, to know who they were. And he didn't come yet. Salwa had... Um, a place, a glass room, if you can say, in front of the swimming pool, and you can come from outside uh, to that place. She was there, there was a small kitchen. The, she was giving her back to the, the glass. So she was waiting for Isam. While waiting, it happens. A group of assassins with machine guns enter the main gate of the house. They just came and they start, they start firing outside. through the glass. The assassins shot Selwa multiple times. They left her in her house and kidnapped Isam. The gardener uh, jumped on their uh, neighbors to tell them uh, about the shooting. Her neighbor knew my, uh, my cousin. Iman's cousin rushed Selwa to the hospital in an attempt to save her life. It was very risky to go there. It was very, very risky to go there, you know. I don't know how my cousin reached there without being uh, killed. Selwa was loved by many people. The impact of her assassination went far and wide. Some of her friends are still grappling with the fact that she's gone, even after seven years. Shahrazad Kablan, who was the first broadcaster on the opposition TV channel Libya Lahrar, was a close friend of Selwa. She currently resides in the U.S., far away from Benghazi. This is how Shahrazad remembers Selwa. Um, I'm a short person, <laughs> and, and she was tall. Um, and I remember her, you know, uh, squeezing my cheeks and, 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 telling, and, and telling me Habuba, and I'm like... Habuba means sweetheart. I cannot believe that she still keeps this, you, you know, using the same word, Habuba, with everyone. She just was a very, very nice person. You know, it's hard sometimes, you know, I get uh, uh, very emotional every time I think of her. She was a beautiful person and they took her away.
If you're listening to this episode and wondering how you can support human rights defenders and those seeking to exercise their freedom of expression, assembly and association peacefully, then you can do that by supporting the Ali Nuh Fund. This is a fund created by LFJL to provide emergency assistance to human rights defenders who are at risk due to their work. Every penny you donate will go to them. We believe that one of the best ways to secure Libya's future is by protecting its human rights defenders. Join us in doing so by giving what you can to the Ali Nuh Fund. To find out more, click on the link in the episode description or visit alinouhfund.ly. That is A-L-I-N-O-U-H fund.ly. Thank you. And now back to the episode. In the process of making this series, we talked to activists and journalists who witnessed some of the key events in Libya in the last 10 years. An activist from Benghazi who wants to remain anonymous for safety reasons, I'm going to call her Manal, told me that Selwa's impact on women, and on her specifically, is huge. She was such a positive profile for them because she was opinionated and forceful while feminine. It's always the case that Selwa says what she thinks. As Manal describes her, Selwa was a beautiful role model she always looked up to. She was a leader, she was uh, respected. Having Selwa and people like her in the scene was pivotal for Manal's family to feel secure that their daughter was doing the right thing, including being visible and participating in protests in the streets of Benghazi, even in the early days of 2011. And she was active, she was vocal, she had the courage. Selwa's sister Iman describes her in a memorial event a year ago as an idealist who is pragmatic. She believed that Libya had to be a home for all Libyans. When my brother asked her to stay in Tripoli not to go, and she said that this is the road that I started. I will continue, even if it caused me my life. This is just 24 hours before her assassination. As Iman's cousin heads towards Selwa's house, Iman still has no idea that Selwa has been attacked. So he took her with the her neighbor and put her in the car and then at that time I was coming back uh, from my sister-in-law house. I was with my husband in the car and then uh, my uh, cousin called him and he told him that if Iman is next to you, don't talk. Salwa, Salwa has been shot and uh, uh, I'm taking her to, to the hospital. Benghazi Medical Center, so he come quickly. So he didn't say anything, he just closed, and then we, when we reached the home, so he told me that the hospital called him, he, he's a, a doctor, there's an emergency case and I have to go now. News of Selwa's attack and injury spread. Many relatives kept calling Iman cautiously to find out if she knew. So at that time I was, you know, um, Tidying up. Until one relative delivered and confirmed the news. So she called me and she said, now I heard on the TV that Selva was shot. And they are taking her to the hospital. Iman realized the reason her husband Hossam went to the hospital is for Selwa. I was trying to call him, but there was no answer. And I started preparing my uh, few things for me and my daughter to go there, you know, to to stay with her. Uh, I was calling my husband's phone, but my cousin, uh, he answered. Her cousin told her that Hossam is in the intensive care with Selwa. Then come, come and take me. 
He said, yes, I am coming. We live close to the hospital, so 10 minutes they were... Iman's cousin didn't come back alone. When they came, both of them. He came with Hussam. So I knew when they were coming. My husband with the blood on his shirt and... Uh... I asked Iman if she expected this to happen to Salwa. We knew that there was a threat, but we didn't think that it would be like that and to be harsh, to kidnap Isam and to, to kill her in her place. Before that, there were many assassinations, but um, everybody was safe if he stayed at home. After that, nobody felt safe at home. There were many assassinations targeting females in the same period. The assassinations of other uh, women figures, Hanan Hasairi in uh, Tripoli, Salwa in Benghazi, different female figures who were very instrumental uh, were assassinated and no one was brought to justice. Not one. Manal, the activist, remembers that everything changed for women on the day Salwa was assassinated. The fact that she was killed at home with her husband there made many people feel scared. She said that right after her assassination and until now, whenever she wanted to talk about politically sensitive issues, her family and friends will panic and tell her, do you want what happened to Selwa to happen to you? It became almost impossible to share your opinion publicly post-2014. She had her voice only. She didn't have anything. She wasn't attacking anybody, so... Iman believes that the assassination had a specific goal from the beginning. And it wasn't because of Selwa's profile, activism, nor the way she appeared. They wanted this to happen to, to start the war. It was Selwa, but it was Benghazi. It's connected in your mind? Of course, of course. The assassinations, all the assassinations. Who was doing that? Who was preparing the, the city for a civil war? Why Salwa? The impact of her name is much bigger, you think? They wanted Salwa for a reason. Okay, so, so they wanted that explosion. I asked Iman, didn't Salwa make it easy on the assassins to find out where she was by appearing on television? Okay, she, she made where she was, made it obvious, but it was planned, you know, to come five people kidnap her husband and in her place she came less than 24 hours and when you see the systematic assassination also the day selwa was assassinated she wasn't the only one there were six others killed as well finger pointing has not been selwa's family's approach to seeking justice for her they feel that selwa deserves an independent investigation that leads to justice in their mind it's the only way to respect selwa's legacy it's part of respect. Salwa deserves that. Whatever it took and how long it took. I don't want to die before uh, making investigation. Iman feels strongly that accountability for Salwa is accountability for a lot of people. Justice for Salwa is justice for, for many, many others. Because when we know who killed Salwa, we'll know a lot of things. Stay tuned for the next episode. Your host, Ilham Saudi and Marwa Mohammed, 
with generous contributions from Selwa's family, friends, journalists, and civil society activists, we'll take us on a journey to reflect and pick apart key changes that took place in Libya in the last 10 years, while marking down, reliving, understanding what the assassination of Selwa Bougaigis meant for Libya and what has changed since. Minister of Justice, he was in Benghazi. He went to the police. He didn't saw the, the governor. He was alive. He was alive. We will get into all of that in detail. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying the special season of Libya Matters and feel inspired by Libya's resilient civil society, you can support the Ali Noh Fund, an emergency assistance fund set up by LFJL to support human rights defenders under attack for their work. To find out more, click on the link in the episode description. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This will help us get discovered and to keep growing. To let us know what you think or to suggest any guests or topics for future seasons, please contact us on our Facebook page, at Libya Matters. Libya Matters is hosted by Ilham Saudi and me, Marwa Mohammed, and is produced by Tariq Miri. The people who put the special season of Libya Matters together are Elham Saroudi, Tim Molinu, May Thompson, and me, Marwa Mohammed. This episode of Libya Matters is made possible by our partnership with International Media Support, IMS, with additional support from Dignity, the Danish Institute Against Torture. I'm Tim Molyneux and I work on LFJL's communications. All of us at LFJL are sincerely grateful to Sawa's family and friends and all of our friends and partners in Libyan civil society who've given us their time and trust to tell this story. This series is only possible because of you and is a tribute to you. On behalf of the whole team, thank you.